Chapter 7 of To London Town. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. To London Town by Arthur Morrison. Chapter 7. Nan May rose another woman in the morning, for there was work before her. The children marveled to see her so calm and so busy, so full of thought for the business in hand, so little occupied with sorrowful remembrance. The old man, prudent ever, had arranged years since for what had now befallen. There was a simple little will on a sheet of notepaper. There was a great complicated list, on odd scraps of paper thickly beset with additions, alterations, and crossing outs of the specimens hoarded in the cottage, with pencil notes of values, each revised a dozen times as the market changed. There was a post office savings bank deposit book, with entries amounting to eight pounds ten, and a nomination form whereby Nan May might withdraw the money. There was no life insurance, for the old man had surrendered it years ago to secure the few pounds he needed to make up the full price of the cottage. The will gave Nan May all there might be to take, and left her to execute. Uncle Isaac, on the return to the cottage the day before, had at length broken into speech, and by devious approaches, cunningly disguised, and ostentatiously casual, had reached the will. But he got little by his motion, for though his niece told him the will's purport, she protested that till tomorrow she should do nothing with it, nor did she even offer to produce it. Of course he had scarcely expected a legacy himself, but still he was Uncle Isaac, profound in experience, learned in the law, and an oracle in the family. It seemed to say the least, a little scandalous that he should not have had the handling of this property, the selling, the control, the doling out, with such consideration the exertion might earn, and the accidents of arithmetic detach. It's an important thing, is a will, said Uncle Isaac sagely. A thing is ought to be seen by an experienced person. You might just look and see how it's wrote. If any's wrote in pencil, it's null avoid. No, replied Miss May, without moving. It's all in ink. Then, after a long pause, Lawyers come very expensive with wills, Uncle Isaac observed. They come expensive always. And mostly, they rob the property according to form a lawyer. It's best to get a man of experience, as you can trust, to go straight to Somerset House in form of purpose. It's the cheapest way, and safe. He takes the will, just as it might be me, and he goes to the authorities, and he talks to him known and confidential. Here I am, says he, as it might be me, on behalf of the last will and Holy Testament, as it might be, uh, Mr. May, and I've come in a form of purpose having objections to lawyers. In form of purpose. Uncle Isaac repeated, impressively tapping a forefinger on the table, as was his way of blazoning an etrude phrase that else might have passed unregarded. Poor Grandad told me what to do about going to Somerset House and all that, answered Nan May, in case anything happened. But I'd take it very kind if you'd come with me, Uncle Isaac. Me not understanding such things. But I can't think about it today. And with so much of his finger in the pie, Uncle Isaac was fain to be content. And soon he left, declining to stay for the night to Johnny's great relief, because his cheap return ticket was available for the day and no more. And now Johnny, having brought sheets of foolscap paper from Loughton, was set to work to make a fair copy of the amazing list of specimens, at work at great length accomplished in an unstable round hand, but on the whole with not so many blots. And Nan May's series of visits to Somerset House was begun, saddening her with the cost of one and ninepence each visit for fares and train and omnibus. The first indeed cost more for Uncle Isaac's fare from Millwall was also to be paid. But he came no more, for in truth his failure as a man of business was instant and ignoble. To begin with, 
The shadow of the awful building fell on him as he neared it, extinguishing his confidence and stopping his tongue. In the quadrangle, the very tall hat distinguished an Uncle Isaac of hushed speech and meek docility, and along the corridors it followed Nan May deferentially, in unresting pursuit of room 37. The room was reached at last, and here Uncle Isaac found himself constrained to open the business. For Nan May herself held back now, and the young man in gold-rimmed glasses fixed him with his eye. So, taking off his hat with both hands, Uncle Isaac, in a humble murmur, began, We've... Uh, good morning, sir. We've come, as it might be, in form or, or, or purpose. What? As regards to a will, Uncle Isaac explained desperately, dropping his technicality like a hot rivet. As regards to a will, uh, and dying testament, which the late deceased did, did write out. Very well. Are you the executor? Well, sir, not as it might be executor, no, but uh, as uncle to Mr. May's daughter-in-law by marriage. Are you? The gentleman turned abruptly to Nan May, who gave him the will, whereupon Uncle Isaac, in a hopeful way of recovering nerve and eloquence, was thrust out of the business, and told that Nan May alone would be dealt with, and he retired once more into the shadow, with little relief to leaven a great deal of injured dignity so that for the rest Nan May relied on herself alone, and hardened her face to the world. When the specimens came to be sold, a smart young man came from the London firm of naturalists to make an offer. He examined the trays and cases as hastily and carelessly as was consistent with a privily sharp eye to all they held, and with the air of contempt proper for a professional buyer. For in such a matter of business, the widow and the orphan needing money are the weak party, humble and timid, watching small signs with sinking hearts, and easy to beat and a man of business worth the name of one takes advantage of the fact for every penny it will bring. So the smart young man, looking more contemptuous than ever, and dusting his fingers with his pocket-handkerchief, flung Nan May an offer of five pounds for the lot. "'No, thank you, sir,' the woman answered with a simple decision. "'I'm sorry you've had the trouble. Good morning.' Which was not the reply the young man had looked for, and indeed not a reply easy of rejoinder. So he was constrained to some unbending of manner, and a hint that his firm might increase the offer if she would name a sum, and the whole thing ended with a letter carrying a cheque for forty pounds, which was very handsome indeed, for the young man's firm would scarce have paid more than eighty pounds for the collection, in the ordinary way of trade. And so the old man's little affairs were gathered up, and the inland revenue took its bite out of the estate, and there were no more journeys to Somerset, but nobody would buy the cottage. End of chapter 7